Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, ahoy and welcome to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I'm Julia Rayside. Thank you for joining me as I navigate through every single episode of the 1980s seafaring soap opera set in the fictional English coastal town of Tarrant. It would be a lonely voyage without you. And joining me this week to discuss series two, episode seven, is my first ever shipmate back again. It's the actor and writer Carrie Quinlan. Ahoy, 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 and welcome back aboard. Thank you for having me back aboard. Oh my goodness, I'm just delighted you could be here. Well, you me too. you set it going. You know, you set the tone it's so like beautifully. I, I, I broke the champagne. You did over my bum. Over your bum, <laughs> like like Dulcie Gray does in this very episode. And it does smash. She does it perfectly. Yeah. I wonder how many times she had to do it. Sometimes the bottle doesn't smash and it's a bit of a, like a... Doing. You know, an anti cloud It does that, yeah. yeah. What's the noise it... The, the noise it makes is... Doing. <laughs> it is a funny noise, I mean, Is you that know. bad luck? Um, if it doesn't I, break? Probably, yeah. yeah. There's probably some old sort of sea dog, seafaring thing about that. It means, mm. that it means the boat's made of sponge. And it's doomed. <laughs> doomed to take on water the way sponges do and then just yeah. simply sink. Expand and fall. <laughs> Anyway, you're back. You've got a cracking episode to talk about. Oh, my word. It is packed. I feel like we should just crack on. Yeah, fair enough. So we start, I mean, in, in tragic circumstances. Oh, Leo. In hospital. Oh. With a black eye. He's been all duffed up. He's been well duffed in. And um, Jan and Tom are visiting him. And he mentions that the thugs what done it had London accents. Yes. <laughs> that they're London. <laughs> London is such a mystical place. Yes. It had, later on, there's, you know, so the clothes in the clothes shop yes come from london up london <laughs> up from up that there london which is like an hour and a half away on the it's train it's an hour and a half on the train there's you know it's straight but yeah, from the local london station. accents it's unlike absolutely. our south coastal wildly different uh, yes. yeah no. cool i'm gonna smash your little face off you environmental <laughs> middle class bloke strike the light we don't like trees <laughs> yeah. push him down the apples and pears <laughs> Anyway, it's no laughing matter. He's been duffed in by London thugs and he receives from his mum the post he's got from home, which is the summons that he uh, he has to go to court for being beaten up. I'm not quite sure the legality of being taken to court for being beaten up, but that's what he's going to have to face. And he's glad because it means publicity for his campaign to stop the evil developers. He's such a good guy. 
I know, he is a good guy. And we're so ahead of his time. I know. Um, Nobody else gave a shit about the environment no. back then, but he did. Yeah. Mm. It's just Leo and Abby. I know. No one else cares. Against the world. In 1986. I know. 32 years later, a few of us are catching up. Well, only just. They've only Oof. just started to, you know, use like refillable hand soap containers frankly quite and that's all thanks to leo it just took a while to sink in. exactly thank god for howard's way otherwise we'd <laughs> never have known anyway then this episode leaps about geographically as well as sort of plot wise uh, we're in nyc there's new york music yeah there's scenes of new york there's a skyline there's the twin towers obviously which were still there then um, yeah that was a bit of a Oh, I know. It just reminds you, doesn't it? Suddenly Mm. we're going we're going back back in time. Simon May has written his own kind of New York, New York sort of da 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 da. da. We're in America interlude music, which is brilliant (laughs) and a really good piss take of New York, New York. Well, not piss take, a homage. I don't know. I think it might have been a piss take. There was a moment. (laughs) It it went on for a while. That music. It did. And while I'm a huge Simon May fan, I did at one point feel I should be pushing a trolley around. But yeah, I'm glad he enjoyed himself. Yes. And we see an aerial shot of this incredible cruise ship. Oh, two pools. This is, this is no cheap Isle of Man ferry. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> you, oh. said, you said that because you've just been on the Isle of Man ferry. <laughs> the Isle of Wight ferry, actually. But yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, this time I went ferry. to the Isle of Wight, didn't get the ferry, which is very different for me. I got the hovercraft. Ooh. It was a bit, ooh. It was How very was exciting. Well, it's very fast. So the ferry takes anything from like half an hour to an hour, depending on which ferry you get it's fascinating but it is the Solent it's relevant it's where Howard's Way is set yeah and the hovercraft takes 10 minutes that's witchcraft it's insane it's really fast obviously it hovers over the waves you you go from land to sea without even noticing it because you're hovering but if the weather's rough normally they cancel the crossing because any sort of high winds and it's not safe to take or you might fly up into the sky that you might flip over but Uh unfortunately for us we got on when the wind was deemed to be just acceptable Uh and then just basically cried and screamed for 10 minutes all the way across (laughs) this is only 10 minutes yeah exactly with that we kept on saying i kept on saying that to my small son who was going i don't like this I was like, it'll be over soon. Ten it's minutes. fine. I was talking to myself. Yeah. It was horrific. <laughs> Turns out I'm not as confident as Lynn in high seas, you know. But who is? Well, no, really. Exactly. I mean, she's a she's a boatswoman. Ellen MacArthur. That's basically who she is. <laughs> yes. She's got the nails of Ellen MacArthur. Posh Ellen MacArthur. She is. Posh, yeah. less cryy. Because <laughs> Ellen MacArthur does cry a lot. Well, I mean, or did yeah, cry I mean, a God, lot. I mean, I would she too might if cheer I up was now. her. I think yeah. she probably has. You know, but, when you're in um, the middle of the sea... Yes, alone and soggy and, you know. And she's probably going, it's only 10 minutes. It's only probably, 10 minutes. but it's not. It's the Atlantic, Ellen. It's yeah. fucking massive. <laughs> it's it's going to be there. You're not in a hovercraft, Ellen. It doesn't take 10 minutes to cross the Atlantic. I know. Well, perhaps you should have thought about that before she didn't set off in a hovercraft. Anyway, Lynn um, is then seen on the deck of maybe a v- different vessel, maybe the same vessel. I don't know. I don't know how they shot any of this. Yeah. But I'm assuming yeah. it wasn't in America. Oh, that's true. And it probably was just a sunny day in Southampton and they found oh, a passing cruise ship. Shattered the magic of But it. the music made me believe that I was in the totally. Big Apple. yeah. I'd just been to the top of the Empire State Building. I'd had a Manhattan. Um, <laughs> I was eating a hot dog um, You'd on rye. With... cross the road going, I'm walking here. On the sidewalk to get into an elevator. Yeah. That's what I was doing. Um, so Lynn is clad in this kind of amazing nautical robe, like a navy sort of short dressing gown thing. Mm. Deck wear, I'd have called it. I don't think there's any other name for it. Um, <laughs> there isn't now. No, <laughs> deckwear. The, yeah, the, the dictionary popular, has changed. I've popularised deckwear. <laughs> and she spies, she leans over the railing, spies over the top of her sunglasses, Claude, who is her chaperone for the trip home. He's come yeah. to get her from America. 
after her incredible crossing. Um, and uh, he, she comes and finds him on a lounger. Claude, He's the fake Frenchman. The fake, but very convincing Frenchman. I think he might be a spy. <laughs> what makes you think that? Because... He doesn't sound French. He does. He does. He's a Scottish actor called Malcolm Jameson. And I think that is the most convincing French accent I've ever heard. Yeah, but that's because you're obsessed with Howard's Way. (laughs) And it can do no wrong. I'm not obsessed. That's not true. I'm not obsessed. Oh, I am a Frenchman. Oh, Lynn, you sail so well. I'm chaperon. Oh, I... Have a very You're just jealous of his. Skills, I have a Carrie. dodgy, tiny ponytail that will be revealed later in the episode. <laughs> that is a slightly different color from the rest of my hair. This is an ugly, jealous side to your personality I had never seen before, Carrie, and I'm very sad to see it now. Well, it's about time you did. <laughs> anyway, he, Lynn comes down, and there's this incredible moment. Can you please describe it for the ladies and gentlemen? So, she, there's a moment where she releases her deckwear. <laughs> Yes. Um, slips it over the shoulder to reveal the most 80s swimsuit. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. Possible. Yeah. It's sort of leopard print. But leopard gold. Print and gold leopard print and black. Yes. Um, and it's backless. Totally backless. Totally backless. Like, and almost sideless, one might almost say. Almost side, almost bumless. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and it, it and very very low cut. Yeah, I mean she's just you know she's just out there. Any she's more there. any more low cut, it would have been Borat's swimsuit. <laughs> yes, exactly. It yeah. was almost a mankini. It was quite shocking. I don't remember swimsuits looking like that back in the eighties. I clearly... know my mum didn't wear one like that. Well, neither did mine. I thank the Lord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just was just quite shocking. But and it, she she made it work. Oh my God, she looks. Incredible. She looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tracy Charles just made anything look incredible. Even those great big parachutey tenty things she used to wear quite a lot. She made them look <laughs> sexy. But anyway, she sort of reclines next to Claude, Claude. In, in this incredibly revealing kit. And he says something about sort of, you know, are you enjoying yourself or something? And she says, after the Barracuda, it's sheer luxury to know that someone else is driving. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which I just thought was like, oh, so loose. Oof. She's flirting with him. Yeah, I could, tr- I could drive this boat if I wanted to, but I'd rather <laughs> lounge by a pool in a mankini <laughs> wouldn't we all then? Well, wouldn't we all i mean that's my motto <laughs> that's quite a long motto apart from being able to drive the boat obviously <laughs> don't get it tattooed it really hurt um so, <laughs> so she i've said this of lynn before she basks very easily it's kind of her natural frame is to, absolutely I'm, she basks she's a recliner she totally is yeah she just looks at ease in that position and so she, you know she's in a very kind of sexy setting with claude and they have a bit of to and fro about there's a little how, bit of saucy banter there is she's subtle kind of, subtly saucy banter she's subtly ascertaining after having ascertained in america that he's not trying to bone her mother <laughs> which is an important Although she does double way. check. She does double check she a few does times. Double check. But it's important she... to double check that a prospective <laughs> romantic partner is not trying to bone. I don't want to say it. Ew. But yes, you're completely right. Yeah. Belt and braces. <laughs> <laughs> when mother's around. Yeah. So she subtly, but not very subtly, declares her interest, looks interested when he talks about whether he's taken or not. You know, mm. he's, he's been defending her sun lounger from various other people who'd like to take it's... it off her. And Yeah. yeah. It's so euphemistic it is. that I slightly lost track of what was happening. <laughs> is so, this about a sun lounger or yeah, something else? Yeah, they... <laughs> right. I See, if it was me... Now, I've never been good with signals. Yes. But if I were her, I'd be... I've absolutely no idea whether he likes me or not. No, There's, no. He keeps he's, he's, saying he's taken and he wouldn't want to 
anyone else to lie on the lap. But, but does that like mean he's taken duty. by? And then he's oh. got to look after her. He promised her mum. Like, don't bring her into it again. Yeah, you, you just is it her that? you fancy? Oh, <laughs> bit of a boner kill. Um, anyway, <laughs> they they both end the scene basking in the Southampton sunshine, <laughs> <laughs> looking very happy and tanned and relaxed. And then we go to the hospital again, uh, where Jan and Tom are doing a walk and talk down the corridor, having seen Leo. And there's a weird bit where we're kind of some of the camera work in this episode is strange. So we're kind of behind them. So we're just seeing the back of their heads talking. It's quite nice off. though. I, I, I like yeah, it. It's different. It's I think it's where the West Wing got the idea. Yes. And then just brought the camera around the front. Exactly. But it's also the place where we introduced the idea that Ken was somehow involved in Marina. So could he be something to do yeah. with... I mean, Jan doesn't suspect that he was something to do with the thug that beat up Leo. Not at all. She has no idea. No I've had a sudden idea, though, oh, that maybe they filmed it like that because they or they did a couple of takes oh. from the front and the cameraman kept falling over things. Because <laughs> he couldn't walk backwards. Yeah. Perhaps. I think it's that. Yes, maybe. That, I mean, what else makes sense? Hmm. Yes, I think that's the solution. That's the answer. But yes, continue. Anyway, so then we So go- yes, uh, the... There's a suggestion that Ken, brace yourselves, everyone, might be a bit of a wrong one. What? Um, I know. Well, we've it's, had hints of this before. It's bit, uh, But it's come as a shock to us all. I mean, ask poor Dawn whether Ken's a nice guy or not. Oh. She'll have a tale to oh, tell you. Oh, Dawn. Anyway, to the Jolly Sailor, where we see poor Dawn behind the bar. There's a sexy sax, which always heralds the return of Dawn. There's the bit of stuff is back and <laughs> she's there to titillate and excite and she does she titillates and excites jack but anyway well jack um, walks in and the you, know, you have the saxophone and you know it's not for jack no no it's not, it it's, might be it might be the sound playing in jack's head in jack's head yeah he's just seen but it's for dawn or or sax sax as we discussed before can also be for ken yes it, or often for ken yeah um yeah. but it's not going to be for jack Mm-mm, no there's a hint of sleaze about it i'll be it's, honest it's a bit grim yeah and they do dress her in a way that suggests she's a bit sort of synthetic fibres and, you know... Bright colours. She's yellow and turquoise. There ain't nothing subtle about her. Which... And nothing died to make her outfit. <laughs> 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 I don't know where I got that phrase from, but I've always liked it. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but anyway, he chats Dawn up a bit, basically just asks her out. And Dawn absolutely manages to get out all her lines. <laughs> she does. I think sometimes she suddenly is brilliant, but then sometimes doesn't seem to be quite with it. Bless her, remembering her lines word to word. <laughs> it's like a join the dots thing in her head um, and then she wants to know if Ken sometimes comes into the Jolly Sailor presumably she's hoping to see him again she never quite got over being dumped yeah you Jack. wouldn't know would you well no Jack mentions that Ken, uh, that Ken doesn't really come into the pub the yacht club's much more his style nowadays which I thought was a nice detail like he considered the pub a bit beneath him yeah he's trying to climb up the social ladder and that yeah it makes total sense I mean it's, it's almost confusing that Ken ever did go into the Jolly Sailor I know well because he's still you know he still has to meet his low life contacts in there you know that's true that's probably where he meets his London fugs probably then in we go- the old rubber dub <laughs> it's like a second language to you isn't it, it really London is. talk oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> then we go to Charles Freer's house. Now, he is talking to Ken. Ken's getting clearly quite twitchy about the fact that the thugs have laid into the protesters and the controversy if it goes to proper court. So if the protesters don't plead guilty to whatever it is, be guilty of being hit in the face. Um, <laughs> and then the papers will be Yeah, all that's over the them. big question throughout this episode. It's quite nice how, how much of this episode hangs on very specific things about the British legal system. Oh, yes, completely. Ken asks Gerald about the legal case and tries to sort of get some chapter and verse on it. And Charles is obviously, again, playing it down, playing it cool, but ultimately knows his hands aren't dirtied by this whole business. Ken's Mm. are. So he's got nothing to worry about. And he's delighted and gleeful about that. And meanwhile, Gerald, who obviously purportedly is Abby's father... 
Oh, at the moment, Gerald. Spoilers. I know. Um, Gerald won't talk to. He said he won't talk to Abby and try and influence her one way or the other because you know he just it's it's not his place to, and she won't listen to him anyway. Gerald's a bit of a hero in this episode. He is, isn't he? I mean, it's it's sort of later on that he's proper hero. Oh, but there's yeah. A hint, there are hints of it. Yeah, he's got a he's Love got a Gerald. good heart in there somewhere. Yeah, he does do the dirty work of Charles sometimes, but ultimately, I think he's a pretty good guy underneath it all. Yeah, he's just you know he's surviving in a world that's made of this you know he's in the he's business. in the evil room. I mean, yes. this is very much, this yeah. scene is very much, welcome to the evil room. <laughs> yes, exactly. We are the evil boys. <gasps> yes, they're rubbing their We're hands We're going together. to do evil things. Exactly. Um, then we go to the Urquhart's house where Orin is still staying with the Urquhart's, just like oh, indefinitely, just, just staying, Orin. sitting on their sofa, reading things and playing their piano. Playing the piano yeah. and just being American. <laughs> yeah, just and... around the place. So he's talking to a lawyer with Abby and they're discussing her options for the case. The lawyer's been provided by this mysterious organisation who offered who that guy turned up on a motorbike a couple of episodes ago? Right. Said hi, I'm from Earth Search or something, whatever they're called. And they just said, we love what you're doing. Whatever you need, we've got money. If you need catering or legal representation, <laughs> literally, he offered them the works and gave them his card. So they're so taking full advantage of that now. You don't get many shadowy no. environmental organisations. I don't even know if we see him again. Like I'm not sure we do. Maybe Ooh. in the next series, I'm not sure. But yeah, he just he just sort of pops up, says, hey, anything you want? See you later, and then rides off on his motorbike. But anyway, so she can't decide how she's going to plead, but it's pretty obvious that she would want the same as Leo, which is publicity uh, yep. for it to go to court. Take them down. Exactly. Yeah, smash the marina to bits. Exactly. Polly's urging her, obviously, to drop the whole thing as well. Polly is not looking well. She's not, is she? No. Very stressed. I mean, she Fair barely enough. eats anyway. She mostly just drinks gin and tonic. She eats like a bird. Yeah. So, you know, it's no surprise. Lives on, really. lives on lemon. She does. <laughs> Sucks pieces of lemon. That's why she gets that face on her. Yeah. yeah, the mother and daughter are at odds once again. Polly's trying to tell Abby to be a mother, which I don't know. I found myself thinking, yeah, it's a bit shit. She never looks after her baby. It is a bit shit. Yeah, it is. It is like, pretty maybe shit. Look after him a bit. We leave them squabbling and we go to Perry Plus Boutique. Um, Perry Plus. Where there's a brilliant, uh, whoever this actor is, she was just having a whale of a time. So Judy. A customer, Judy. Judy. I love Judy. Tell me about Judy. Judy is um, trying on a really rather wonderful dress. She's clearly a lady of means. She is. Because, you know, Jan's clothes are not cheap. Well, they're from that there London, aren't they? They are. And they're very expensive. Like where, from, where the thugs come from. Well, they're from there from the pen of Claude. Claude. The new collection is filtering its way into the boutique and it's selling like So is that cakes. the same Claude? Claude. Claude. That's yes. on the cruise. So he's I gone as a kind of emissary from the Howard family because Jan was busy with something and Tom was busy with something and so he said, no, no, let me go and get your daughter. Probably because thinking, I'm a big dress I've designer seen your from daughter Cannes. and she's a hot patootie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to New York, surprise her, this complete stranger with like a bottle of champagne going, hello, je, I, I am from your parents, I have come to take you home. <laughs> uh, I'm from Cannes <laughs> and I'm Michael Dresses. Take that back, he's brilliant. Um, I thought he was really French. I like I was genuinely shocked when I found out he was a Scottish man. <laughs> yeah, but you don't really get out very much shut up i'm sorry <laughs> i thought you were my friend anyway so the customer judy. so yeah judy um yeah. and judy is very naughty about men from can she is she says something about something saucy about something about frenchmen men. yeah yeah there's quite a lot of casual racism later on as well typical frog typical, typical frog, frog. Like, you can't say that yeah i mean at least it's to his face well i suppose so yeah yeah, yeah. She's and he must have been him. pleased given you know <laughs> he doesn't sound french <laughs> I'm so flattered you thought I was from France. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so pleased that you say I am typical frog. Um, 
<laughs> so Ju- Judy says, it's sensational, Jan. And she admires this. It's got a cowl at the back. I know, so a cowl at the back, right. the kind of swag at the front. Oh, so much bloody fabric. So much fabric. They just don't marvellous. think one person needs that much material on their body. <laughs> but anyway, apparently it's sensational. And I think she, she, she could Jan, go camping in it. She genuinely could. If you just unfurl it, maybe it's like a dual purpose thing. I don't know. Yeah, let's or, or it inflates to become a life raft if you get you know, into difficulties on your well, yacht. Well, it's a, it's a boaty type of place, isn't I think it? it's probably that. I understand. Yeah, very much so. And she says to her before she leaves, such a relief not to have to go traipsing up to town when one wants a spot of chic. <laughs> which I thought was delightful and she and it's quite a tricky line to say but she just she delivered it beautifully she was great I loved I'd like her. to see more Judy I'm not sure if we ever will um, but I think she should become a thing yes Jan's delighted this is exactly what she wanted exactly what she told Ken that if they if they build the this palace to sort of wealthy chic then mm, the local ladies yeah they'll come and I love the way you said that thanks say it again Couture. <laughs> you didn't break my gaze at all while you were saying it. Quite impressive. Um, <laughs> see, but now do it with a French accent. Is your French accent better than Claude's? Couture. <laughs> it's rubbish. I couldn't make eye contact on that one either. Because <laughs> you were ashamed yeah. because you realised the skill involved in being that uh, French on... <laughs> I am Claude. I design couture because I am French. <laughs> he, I'm just saying he's better than you, Carrie. He does well, we all knew that. Yeah, well, okay. Just saying, don't, I mean, you don't know, throw he's, stones. He's French. <laughs> he's a proper French. Jan is kind of delighted. She runs to Ken, who's just come into the boutique. Ken and Jan scene. Love it. Love a Ken and Jan scene. And, you know, it's it's they're still very much in the first flushes of their kind of sexy passion love for each other. Yeah. But he's not coughing up the cash that he promised to give her for her fashion business. Mm. And she's getting a bit tired of waiting for him to sort of sort his life out. Obviously, she doesn't know the full extent of the problems he could be facing financially if things don't work out for him. He's borrowed a lot of money to invest in this marina project. Now it's all getting a bit and dicey. London slugs don't come cheap. You have to buy them a lot of cockles and wells. <laughs> yes. Or yes. Yes. Okay. Good. We'll say right. that and, and eel and, and pie and liquor. Exactly. <laughs> Never sounded posher in my life. Yes. Eels and yes. pie and liquor. I believe they need pie and liquor. <laughs> so she she once again tries to persuade him to just cough up, put his money where his mouth is, but uh, to no avail. And then Ken tries to persuade Jan that maybe she should talk to Leo about pleading guilty in his case because he obviously... Uh, and Ken, of course, is being the kind boyfriend giving sage mm, advice. Yeah. Or he is he? He hasn't revealed his hand yet, but we know he's been up to something. But we know he's got a hand. <laughs> yes, indeed. And when he gets it out, wow, <laughs> Jan, is, Jan is for once not going to be happy about that hand <laughs> at all. Anyway, Goodness. back at the... <laughs> I know, for heaven's sakes. Um, back at the yard, Tom and Avril are delighted and happy and they're admiring the linnet the new catamaran that he has designed. It's had its troubles, but, you know, but, it looks but here seaworthy. We are. And then Jack arrives. Uh, They're outside. And who should be with him? Dawn! Poor Dawn. It's Dawn time. I mean, she was very easily persuaded to date someone seven times her age. Well, yeah, that was a... There's something not quite right yeah. with that. But it's, you know, it's eight, It's the 80s. I mean, he's an attractive it? man, don't get me wrong. He, in, in his, he's got in his the way, chat. He's he has swart. got the chat. He's handsome. But he yes, but old he's old enough to be her grandfather. He's craggy, which is mm, I like which craggy. some some people enjoy. I love craggy. Well, look at look at look at the state of your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Poor craggy old husband. Craggy um, husband. No, no, I think he looks lovely. Um, actually, he doesn't. He looks twelve. That's the problem. We need to craggy him up a bit. <laughs> yeah, get some more creases in that face. Um, so I've I've just put here 
Jack leads Dawn through the boatyard like a hostage. <laughs> He's kind of got yeah. one of her arms. She's wearing some impractical high heels and she kind of Always. tosses. Yeah, Wob- he wobbles along on pebbles. <laughs> yeah. And it's very much... Um, a little bit uncomfortable. We're going to build wooden boats <laughs> or Dawn gets it. <laughs> yes. Kind of. Yeah. This is a bit worrying. Anyway, obviously Tom and Avril are suitably kind of nonplussed, like, what's going oh, on? Why is oh and she kind of comes over and is introduced to them. They look a little bit sort of agog and um she mentions that she used to be a friend of Ken Masters. She uses that phrase a lot. Yes. She used to be his well, I'm going to say shag puppet. Um There is yes. That's what she was. That's exactly he treated what she her was. like that anyway. So she's now I don't know, I'm not sure of the nature of her interest in jack apart from just she wants someone to look after her yeah i don't it's i mean it's not one of those things that's going to ever really be beautifully fleshed out i think a jack and dawn relationship but it it moves fast it does the two of them go off for a little tour around the boatyard and leaving tom and avril kind of looking at each other like what hey did you just see the because Um, actually you know tom and avril aren't the same age no, even not. even There's that a one's a bit of an eye raiser there is a gap an eyebrow an eye raiser well, wow an eyebrow raiser <laughs> I did, it your doesn't raise my, my head yeah up to my, your forehead and it back just down rolled again. back in <laughs> but yes i know age gaps are kind of quite a common thing i think in this show and in shows of this time and mm. we've got to look at any bloody hollywood film yeah it's like a 70 year old man with a 30 year old woman back to ken's flat where Kissy time, kissing, There's a lot of kissing going Ken on. Ken and Janet really are, are kissing themselves. in evening wear. They are. Um, She's reclining, he's sort of on her. It's not clear that they've been somewhere or that they're going somewhere. I know. They're just, you know, hanging around the house in evening wear. <laughs> this is what they do every day. It's, oh, so should yeah. we change for our evening let's just wear? Get, let's just get more uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. Yes, and then do you remember the line that she says to him, like literally while his tongue's still in her mouth? <laughs> He says, Oaken, you're undermining me. <laughs> yes. That was weird. We're still snogging. No, they're, they're just, they can't stop snogging. By this point, I think the two of them are probably madly in love in real life as well. Yeah, so do we now do we mm, know when the spark ignited well, between we don't. There's the real no, life? No, it's not clear. They were they joined the show as separate people in other relationships. As often happens when a man right. and a woman love each other very much. Yes. And then during the filming of the first series, they they fall for each other. But no, the timing is still in question. But it was during the first series. Oh, yeah. So they oh, are by now. Was, yeah. Oh, I think so. In love. See, watching it now, knowing they were actually in love, it makes it really quite sweet. Oh, it's delightful. Really, really lovely. And it, there's, a, there's a real, really nice sort of ease with their yeah. scenes. They've fallen into sync, obviously, yeah. by this point. It's and just it's so just, romantic. Oh, brilliant. Um, he's super loose. He's got that whole kind of like undone bow tie oh, yeah. thing going on. Just so... Is He's he going to do it up and go out? Has no. he undone it because they've just got back? I, I like to think I like to think they were going out and they just got to kissing and they couldn't stop. Couldn't stop. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> love it when that happens. Anyway, um, he's trying. Or to Or they've just been to the Jolly her. Sailor and really, oh, it's got a terrible mistake they've made with the dress code <laughs> and gone home. Overdressed. Oh, not again. They've probably been to Casper's. Um, and then he gets to talking about the divorce and he suggests that she cites adultery as the cause of the divorce, but actually even saying that he doesn't mind if he's named in the. Divorce papers mm. it. it was tom definitely shagging avril that split the marriage up like that's what happened right yeah jan hadn't gone there with ken at all no. another bit of uh legal yes. information we get in you this episode is, you, is is yeah. that if you're separated and one of you wants to get divorced yes. you have to wait five years that's right if you agree it's two years if it's if there's adultery you can out give him the elbow right now ken just wants her to get on and get divorced because he just wants to get on in there and marry her yeah which She's is interesting in no for ken though isn't it because yeah. he's not the marrying kind he's not in but a, jan has 
changed him. Yeah. She's the only woman that he's ever been like that with. Who's to say if they did get married, he wouldn't just go off and start shagging floozies again. But he's all in. It's another side of Ken. I know, exactly. You know, he has been an absolute toe rag Mm. in episodes past. But the more entrenched he is in his relationship with her, obviously, apart from the nefarious things he does this episode, or he admits to this episode, he is Apart from getting her son beaten up, horribly. Apart from that... He's a really nice guy, Apart from putting her son in hospital. Yeah, no, that, that isn't good. So this episode is is packed with good lines it's really well written, I've written down quite one. a few yeah it's brilliant um but this is the best line of all go on so abby goes to visit leo in hospital yeah and as she approaches him she says i brought you some nuts <laughs> to which leo replies nuts <laughs> nuts it's just like he's he's realized that that's what they are <laughs> Nuts. He's noticed they are nuts. I, I had to watch it about... I rewound it three times because <laughs> I was just enjoying Leo saying, nuts. <laughs> so much. Aww. Oh, it was great. It was my, my favourite bit of the he whole episode. Nuts. nuts. <laughs> and then there's something about she couldn't bring flowers or chocolates because of patriarchy. I wrote this down. No, she, so she goes through her reasons for the nuts. And I like nuts. that the writers even thought about this. Like if Abby was visiting yeah. Leo in hospital, yeah, she would. She'd overthink this. She'd think, oh, I'm not bringing him. So she says... Grapes are bourgeois, men don't appreciate flowers, and chocolates are bad for your teeth. Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, obviously, grapes are bourgeois is, yeah. is up there as well, but it still, it still doesn't top. I know I love Nuts. grapes and I am very bourgeois. So. That's true. Yeah, no, I, really, I always have them on my kitchen table. Mm. But ne- never any nuts. <laughs> <laughs> nuts. Or oh, nuts. Anyway, so then we cut to a hotel, a very nice looking hotel, which must be local to Tarrant, although we've never seen it before. Oh, yes. Very nice. Oldie. Proper nice. I think it's probably haunted. Yeah, definitely haunted. Um, and yes, an American, a rather grand looking American arrives and the hotel receptionist apologises, the only suite they have left. I'm guessing the only suite they have full stop <laughs> yeah. is the bridal suite. But it is clever saying left. Yes. Isn't it? Yes, it yes, does, it's good. Know, it makes it impresses the it Americans. It talks up your establishment. Totally. She's clearly clocked he's American and wants to, you know, let him know he's staying in somewhere that's, you know, luxury wise, we've got this. <laughs> Please don't panic. <laughs> anyway, back at the Urquhart's. This is a really strange shot. Polly and Gerald, then we see Oren at the piano. Mm. Then we see Polly and Gerald again. We're following behind them as they go down the stairs. We don't want the cameraman to break his neck. Well, no, I know, but also he's just, it's totally, obviously, they didn't have the. Uh, technology to do whatever those steady cams are that don't bounce about when your cameraman is walking down the stairs. Oh, you mean steady cams? So yes, then, that's it. Is that what they're called? Super. Um, so this cameraman's wobbling about all over the shot. Yes. There's a really weird staggery shot where you're kind of following downstairs. It's almost like he's a I think he's quite a clumsy cameraman. There's he's, quite, like he's about to fall on There's them. quite a lot of wobble. There's a there's yeah. a bit of wobble out of the front window of a car yeah. camera. There's, that's very wobbly. There are a I felt few a bit shots sick. I just thought, I don't know, because maybe they had no ability to, mm. so it was just Well, maybe cars were wobblier. Or maybe they were just experimenting with that, like, Network 7, you know, kind of crazy handheld shit. Yeah. Again, ahead of their time. Always. Howard's Way. Always ahead of its time. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Nuts. So back at the hospital, Steve, the reporter from the local paper, has arrived. Wearer of Deirdre Barlow glasses. Oh, he's brilliant. He's, he's quite a kind of well-known actor. I, I, I recognise him. He's been doing some digging and he's got these bank statements that prove that Ken's been paying this official. Stephen, Stephen Moffat. Moffat. <laughs> I knew he was up to no good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably how he could afford to take time off and write Press Gang. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Mm. Which is another show I was obsessed. Oh, it was wonderful, wasn't it? Oh, my God, Dexter it? Fletcher. Oh. He's not really American. Did you know that? <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Oh. Wait a minute. His accent I was actually BBC. really good. <laughs> but I loved, oh, I loved Press Gang. I interviewed Stephen Moffat last time Sherlock was on. It was a, like a junket and just spent a lot of time just asking him whether he might consider bringing Press Gang back, like just to see what they were all doing now. Like, I know they're, they're all available, <laughs> I'm sure. If you, if you just asked them, he, he didn't say no. Scoop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got an exclusive. Um, so Steve, the reporter, uh, is talking about Stephen Moffat, who's been at the council on the take, probably from Ken Masters, we think. Well, the, yeah, proof. the bank the bank statements match up. They add up. They, they're not definitive proof, but they certainly point they're pretty towards dodginess. Solid. He's telling I Abby think. all of this. I mean, I'm no lawyer. Well, exactly. Nor am I an accountant. <laughs> but it looks pretty shady to me. Uh-huh. Mm-mm. Yes. So Abby, you know, takes this information uh, sort of, you know, quite, quite with great interest because she obviously wants to know if there's a way of discrediting this whole mm. thing. And, and, and unusually for Abby, looks very intense about it. Yeah, she does. Really intense. Strange. It's not like her to be so kind of uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> she just is weird. But I, I like that there's a weird character. She's probably yeah. the first weird character I'd seen on TV who was just a bit sort of introverted and she was more like a normal person. Yeah. Normal people can be like that, can't they? Anyway, I liked her. She and Leo are absolute heroes. No one else cares. Mm. They're like the future hope for all of civilization. They say that at one point, I think. I'm fighting for the future of all our children. Yeah. It's true, she is. Back at the hotel, Orin has received the message that his dad's in town. He's gone to meet him. Orin's dad goes very quickly from, you know, are you going to marry a turf? We're going to steal her baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets baby steely quite fast. Like, I don't think he's he a very get, nice guy. Well, he gets very baby steely very fast. Yeah. And Orin has about a millisecond of going, oh, no, I don't think so. They haven't quite And then he's pretty happy out. to steal a baby. I know. Within a very short space of time. It's always unclear that the Orin-Abby relationship is never fully fleshed out. And, and he goes from, you know, wanting to marry her to well I guess we're going to steal your baby then as well quite quickly very quickly how what how they were together in the first place Abby was at finishing school in Switzerland right yeah they hooked up okay made a baby oh. there, there's not a lot more detail than that she obviously you know was I'm, I'm guessing a virgin when she went out there doesn't oh. look like someone who invited the intention of men at all and then presumably you know he got her drunk on glue vine and <laughs> in a chalet <laughs> 
and then jumped on her. Giddy on pine fumes. <laughs> I imagine she was. Yep. Anyway, thus a baby was conceived. Then we cut to a casino. Oh, where the bloody hell did this yeah. come from? So, yeah, do we know where the casino is? No idea. I love it. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's the Tarrant Casino. Exactly. Well, the thing is, Charles has always talked about, you know, his marina development, including a casino. Right. So I don't think Tarrant's already got one. So maybe he's taken up to the city, to Southampton. Or up to that there London town that I've heard so London. much about. Well, he's trying to impress her, isn't he? So maybe, yeah, perhaps he's, he's bought her a, a standard class train ticket to London. <laughs> <laughs> what I do like about Jack and Dawn in this episode is, is um, Houseway inject, injecting a bit of light relief. Yes, absolutely. They're absolutely used for light relief. It is kind of adorable. And yeah. it's quite sweet. Yes, it is. There's um, nothing sleazy about the two of them at this point at all. It's just there, like... Well, there's a bit sleazy. So, they, oh, that's so they're, right. they're at the roulette. Oh, yeah, no, it's really creepy. Actually, it's no, sorry. really creepy. Now you're, now you're reminding me of the dialogue. It is creepy. Yeah. Dawn gets to pick the number that they put all their chips on. Mm-hmm. She picks 15 and he says something about... Is that when you were first kissed or something? So I think it might be worse. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. I think Ooh. it might be... Oh, a, Jack. Yeah, Grim. Grim. And it lands on 15. So they've won. Hooray! Um, And it's all terribly exciting. And so she gets to pick the next number, which is 27. That's right. Which, and I found this a bit creepy, is her dad's lucky number. Yes. And then she goes on to mention that he used to knock around her mum. Yeah. You know, that's a very complicated relationship boiled down to a few lines there because that's true. women who were treated like that by their fathers usually did go on to form terrible relationships with awful mm. men and that's exactly what she's doing. She fits the pattern. But they then they then throw in a gag that as, as soon as they put it <laughs> yes. on and the thing and the roulette wheel starts spinning, she yeah. mentions that he wasn't very lucky and they lose all their money. <laughs> so that was, you know, Kinda again nice. a little nice bit of yeah. light relief. Is it the, the script is uncertain what it's going for there, but there is a bit of <laughs> a bit of comedy. Yeah. He's not pouring at her or anything. He's no. just kind of waggling his eyebrows but there's a bit of uh, well there's that sort of horrible thing I experienced when I was 15 16 and I I think lots of women did of older men making suggestive comments that they could get out of as a joke yes totally if you went what and if you didn't laugh you'd be like oh come on it's only a joke yeah but it's just weighted with unpleasantness yeah yeah so yeah. he's, he's kind of one of those. He's not, he's not being super chivalrous. Mm. Um, anyway, back at the Urquhart's, clearly Oren's dad has come for dinner as well to meet his grandson and meet his family. Yes, and just generally be American at them. And he calls Polly, Polly, Polly. like it's Goodfellas. <laughs> Polly Walnut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Polly. And then, uh, this is a character I've never heard named before. Mrs. Mole brings the coffee. Oh, I, did, I missed that. Mrs. Mole? Mrs. Mole? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sometimes very occasionally, because obviously Polly doesn't did Victoria do Write this episode. Yeah, I think I might have seen or her Kenneth once Graham. before. <laughs> oh, yes, probably. <laughs> she lives on a riverbank. Her... I'm now obsessed with the character of Mrs. Mole. Do you think they invited her back and her agent played hardball? Maybe. Give Maybe. her a name. Give her a name. That could be true. Give her a it? damn name. <laughs> she deserves that at least. Yeah. Just coming in with a coffee tray and leaving again. Show some respect. <laughs> then so Barb is grilling Barb. Abby on sort of how much time she actually spends doing childcare and she's off protesting and what's going on. And yeah. But at the same time, you know, you can protest and have a child. She's like, I'm not breastfeeding. You don't have to spend time with him. It's like, well, you do a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you are his mum. He did come out of you. <laughs> yeah, but I sort of worry that it's one of those things. Well, in any drama or or indeed comedy that has a baby. It very often feels like they wrote in a pregnancy, forgot there was going to be a baby, oh, and then are like, oh God, we've got to deal with a baby Exactly. Now. I think it's highly improbable, as it's mentioned later, that Polly looks after the kid. Like, I don't think she does. Yeah. She doesn't like babies. She likes gin and shopping <laughs> and affairs. <laughs> like, the baby would be the last she thing on her mind. She likes eating lemons. Sucking lemons. And rich men. 
Exactly. Bob then just goes from nighty-nighty to threatening Abby with taking William away. Marry my son or I'm stealing your baby. Genuinely, but she made the mistake of receiving his son's seed. (laughs) Now, apparently, her whole life's got to be moving to some awful town in America. Yeah. I mean, it just all sounds With a man she doesn't love who doesn't love her. No. Oh, it's ghastly. Just awful. Poor Abby. Let's leave the kind of the misery of England for a minute and cut back to the cruise Cruise time. It's night, cruise liner, top shot, like all lit and beautiful colours. <laughs> I love that you point out mm. all the shots. Well, it's you know. great. It's properly um, evocative. I, li- I, like, I just like to give the listener a visual picture. Absolutely. If you can't be here right now watching the episode, then let me, let me, let me bring it to you. I think I might be enjoying your description more than I enjoyed watching the episode. Oh, well, thank you. Well, Although I do, I do, I do want to encourage people to go and buy the box set. It oh, totally do. Brilliant. I don't have shares in it or anything. It's just great. Um, so Lynn and <laughs> Claude. Claude. Inside the ship now, so we go. We go from a nice, of a general view of the outside, looking at the ship, looking at it. It's all its a splendid beauty. And um, inside the ship, they're at some kind of sort of I don't know dance dinner dance thing. Yeah, probably the captain's dinner reception. It's, or something. Well, it's or or just any old day on the cruise. Well, it's always like that. The cruises are very glamorous. I went My on a cruise later. Did you really? Uh, later, earlier this year. Did I went, you go I went on, on a cruise? cruise earlier this year. It was really? Great. Yeah, loved it. And very much like. Um, Good. Mm. And Lynn, um, my partner and I were by far the youngest people on it. Oh, that's that's true, isn't it? Though they are surrounded by pensions on they this are, dance floor. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. quite incredible. Yeah. It's really, it, is, it is much it's more really of beautiful. a. I don't know. It's, it's nice. It looks like a relax. You know, it's nice, and you're fed. Yeah, and you can play shuffleboard. Oh. Love shuffleboard. But what if you, you can learn a bit of bridge? I was worried about cruise ships. If you get because my mum really likes cruises as well, mm. and I was worried that if you got on the boat and then you made friends with someone who turned to be really annoying, that you cannot get away from them for like two weeks. Or well, I suppose it depends on the size of the boat, oh. doesn't it? Some of them are massive. But then you still spend your whole time hiding. That's not relaxing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess I, so. I don't like the idea of it. I like the idea of it up to a point that I think, oh no, but do I get to choose who, who else is on the boat? <laughs> and apparently you can't do that. Like okay. I can't vet the passenger yeah, um, list. <laughs> I will be going on the cruise, but I would like a veto. Yes, yes, definitely. I'm just going to stand next to the captain as he shakes everyone's hand and just say, not him, no. not her. Oh, no. him, Okay. Cruise yeah. fiction. I don't think that's unreasonable. So they're in this rather glamorous setting. Lynn has got the most insane wardrobe for someone who's just been, you know, to New York How, yeah, how did boat. she get she must have done loads that of wardrobe? Right, yeah, fair loads enough. Because it wouldn't fit on the Barracuda, would it? No, simply wouldn't there's no way she packed evening gear no just in case she went to some kind of reception on the cruise back claude's in a tux oh, like, he's revealed his oh. stick on ponytail oh yes you can see it now you can see you can see the stick on ponytail that's business at the front party at the back <laughs> completely slightly darker shaded party yes, at I the mean, back clearly is not attached to it's him by great. by actual i re- yeah i really cells. want to see it undone <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's about to go and sort of mount mount the barricades on Les Mis or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, kind of with a ribbon in it and sort of with a trickle or waving over his head. It's a bit of a shame that they don't have like later on on the cruise. Yeah. Later on that evening, and he's just singing empty chairs at empty tables. Oh, be so beautiful. Because all the old people on the cruise have died. And this is where Lynn says to her, you know, yeah. new friend, the immortal line. She says, "I thought you were a typical frog." When I first met you, like, I'd be a bit offended if I were him. And but, now, you know. and I still think you're a typical frog. <laughs> yeah, she says she says it again. Yeah, but no you're regret. all right. I'm going to say it again. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were a typical frog trying to bone my mother. <laughs> but it turns out you're a typical frog trying to bone me. Hey, that's <laughs> essentially what happens. Then. Now you're twerking. Then we cut sadly away from the young lovers. We go to um, Jack's house where Avril finds Jack snoring in a chair. Yeah, like immediately, like the sort of temperature just plummets again. It's like sexy, sexy, sexy. sexy. Snoring man Jack in snoring chair. in a chair. Yeah, exactly. And um, Jack offers her a Campari and soda. That's right. And Avril speaks for the entire world when she says, Campari and soda. Because <laughs> it's Jack. What 
What yeah, has happened? Like, why has he suddenly got Campari? A in series the house? and a half. Ten minutes of dawn in a casino. I know. And he's on the Campari. Well, the thing is, clearly, that was Avril's drink. But I don't think it's something that Jack would have in his drinks cabinet. No. He's got cooking whiskey and cooking whiskey. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yes. <it>. Cooking <laughs> whiskey, else. other cooking or whiskey. Or filing cabinet whiskey. That's what Ruddles. he's got. Yes, <laughs> Ruddles. <laughs> and then he tells her that he's asked Dawn to launch the catamaran. Oh, that doesn't Dawn? go down well. I mean, who the bloody hell does she think she is? Anyway, Avril says it's quite impossible. She's already asked somebody else, but we mm-hmm. don't know who. We go to the bank. Now, normally we see Tom at the bank begging for more money because the boatyard's going under. Oh, it's going to be awful. I love that there's always a bank manager scene. There is. It's a windowless bank office, so obviously it's in Birmingham, um, in, <laughs> in Pebble Mill. And Jan is wearing a sort of rusty two-piece so like it, she's sound, a, you make it sound dreadful. I mean, yeah, sorry, it's a rust hue. She's dressed as a, she's dressed as a robot. <laughs> she's wearing some she's old dressed tin. as an old robot. <laughs> no, she's Not many like a, people could carry off the old robot. She look. hasn't gone for. <laughs> it's like it's like Metal Mickey's gone to seed, <laughs> but it works. Oh my god! I just suddenly had a flash of what Metal Mickey must look like now. It made me really sad. Oh. Because I don't think anyone's look, looked after him. I think he's just, you know, he's in a cupboard somewhere. Oh, see, it might... Oh, I immediately got a, um, an image of a, a sort of small square at a scrapyard. Oh, like no, no! Yeah. Oh, why did you have to say that? I don't know. Oh, Carrie. I think, yeah, maybe I'm in a funny mood. I've been mean about... It's a good, good. French accent. I don't think you're yourself today. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the yard. Um, oh, back at the yard. It's union time. It's kicking off. Suddenly... Oh. Several people work at the boatyard. There's like a hundred people. Yeah. I've only ever seen about five people working there. Including Kulvinda Gear. Reminds everyone his name's Devinda, but they keep shortening to Davy because they don't like foreign words. Um, (laughs) And then then he just disappears again. But occasionally he's sort of like, he facilitates the plot, but he doesn't really have much more to do than that. You've got environmentalists. Yeah. And now you've got, you know, union organising. Exactly. You've got a bit of socialism. A little bit of politics. Sneaking in there, which is lovely. But they can't really agree on what it is they want there. It's a bit confusing. He's saying, all right, all right, one at a time, lads. And he tries to... Because all the lads are trying to... are all going... One at a time. And so one of them goes... <laughs> there is unrest there's trouble at mill and then there's a great entrance and then who comes in avril comes in ba, saying ba, ba. how about talking to me yeah oh and wearing okay, some kind of incredible avril. power blazer mm. hand on hip like yeah yeah you blooming men yeah how Talk about to talking me? to me even though i'm a woman <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but she does she makes a show of strength she's basically going to try and get them back into line yeah um bill says and i love this they never miss an opportunity. Bill says that the business is just drifting. Yes. And they feel there is no one at the tiller. Oh, it's a beauty, isn't it? Isn't that lovely? Gorgeous. And then she basically gives the Henry V speech from the Battle of Ding totally. Dong, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, that just inspires them all. The whole St. Crispin's Day, we're moving That's this yard it. into the 1980s. Yes. Yes. Basically, I think this is a famous, this has become like legend in Howard's way because it sort of encapsulates the whole thing. Yeah. It's the 80s. We're trying to move with the times. We build boats. I'm wearing a blazer. I'm a woman. All the elements of Howard's Way meet in this one moment in the boatyard. But also, if they're going to move the yard into the 1980s, they should hurry up because it's 1986. Well, yeah, exactly. And they've only got four years left. I mean, come on. Then they need to move it into the 1990s. 1990s. God knows what that will mean. mean, Like flying boats. I'd skip the 80s. (laughs) It's too late. And then they they can do hover boats. (laughs) That's a really good idea. As we know, they only take 10 minutes to cross the Solent. Exactly. Marvellous. Meanwhile, at the terminal, Lynn and Claude and Jan are making their way through 
a kind of rabid pack of press photographers and reporters snapping away. Oh, and... asking all sorts of questions like, what did you eat? I know, I know. And the, and the they... answer to which is steak au poivre, chilli con carne, <laughs> goulash. I think what they actually ask is, what did you miss when you were away? And she oh, says, was that what it and was? And she says, oh, you know, any, any, hot food, anything hot. Oh. And then list this varying, it's again, such an 80s it's list great, of meals. great, isn't it? It made me want to eat everything she just listed. Steak au poivre, chilli con carne, goulash. Yeah. I missed beef. Yeah. Is what she's saying. <laughs> and they ask her about the boat and about the crossing and, uh, and she said the boat was amazing and the designer was her dad and you're going to hear a lot more about him because he's going to make the next contender for is it the America's Cup and they say oh why isn't he here to meet you and Tom says yeah uh, he is <laughs> and just, just with his voice parts the crowd oh it's great that booming resonant Oof. gorgeous Oof. voice Oh, it's so lovely. And that he's really and nice says he's you. very proud of the boat and his daughter. After all, <laughs> I designed them both. <laughs> with his thingy. What? <laughs> he wanted a soundbite. He was yeah. he got carried away with the moment and then just, you know, Absolutely. said that weird thing about designing his child. Anyway, <laughs> in a laboratory. After all, I drew up the blueprints for them both. <laughs> That's what he should have said. With my old chap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I drew a picture of her up my wife. Doesn't <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the one. Stick with that there one. We go. Okay, yeah. let's go again. Then we go back to the hotel where Aaron and Barb are wearing tennis clothing. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you do, you play tennis and then you discuss stealing a baby <laughs> again. <laughs> one quick game of tennis yeah, and boom, suddenly be. he's on the baby stealing. He's Absolutely on board the baby stealing plan. And they plan to give Abby £200,000 for her trouble. For the yeah. baby. <laughs> so they're not stealing a baby. No, they're buying it. They're just buying a baby. <laughs> That's so different. Why didn't they say that from the beginning? Exactly. Yeah. Back at the Howard's house, Polly comes storming <gasps> in to have a go at Leo. Oh, she blows the gaff on Ken mm. paying those London fugs. Exactly. And Jan obviously in catches it. the end of this and just goes, what? Yeah. Back at Charles Freer's house. Abby and Leo are there with the solicitor. They're meeting with Charles and Gerald and Ken is there too. And at some point, Ken says something ill-advised to Leo about, because he suggests he knows he knows the bad thing about Ken. Mm. And Ken just says, you, you better be able to prove that or something. Yeah. And Leo, just with quiet menace, just says, sue me. Oh, I can't even get down that low, but because yeah. I had to like too too hoarse. But <laughs> it's beyond hissing. He just yeah. growls at him. Leo's Hamlet a lot. I say this guy's moved in. He's trying to shag his mum. He's mm. shagging his mum. He's Hamlet. He's just like I want to kill you. I want you dead. And then we cut to Abby and Gerald. Bob's there, and he's threatening to steal the baby. But Oren says to Abby, as if it makes it better, I'll still marry you if you want. Yay! What like, seriously? You still want to have a love? I guess loveless marriages were just a thing back then. Maybe. She essentially decides... It is an extraordinary turnaround. And I remember it it being mind-blowing at the time. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit too quick. Yeah, no, and it must have been really shocking at the time that the... That she's so unmaternal. Yeah. She's like, yeah, all right. Just I'll be a bit sad, but you can have my baby. And she's seen who, one, who she's giving the baby to. Yeah. Two is going to have to live in America. Yeah. That's dreadful. Anyway, <laughs> she doesn't want his bloody money, but she will happily give the baby to the uh, the Hudson family. What a bombshell. That must be the end of the episode. I know. But then, no, <gasps> it gets more dramatic. We go to Ken's office. Ken is there, clearly considering his limited options and quietly shitting himself. And in storms Jan to confront oh. Ken about the thugs. 
and he admits he it. doesn't yeah he doesn't even try to his prevaricate the wall. he can't yeah he can't he knows that she knows and he's got now the only way to save this situation is to come clean yeah but my god he's got some work to do now brilliant. i still want to marry you but i did mm. get your son beaten up it's really bad and then she does that brilliant thing again the direction often when you need to see both actors faces in like a really confrontational scene what you know jan turns away from him sort of downstage if you will and he is behind her and she is just rightly furious and says to him I'm going to throw you to the wolves oh oh god and in that moment she is so sexy (laughs) Jesus Christ just she she means it she's just like you've turned this love to hate and this is on you yeah and now I don't care if you get we are done by wild animals in fact I'm going to make sure you are (laughs) yes I'm off I'm off to the zoo to get some wolves (laughs) then we'll see I bet Bob's got wolves I'm getting some wolves from Bob so we leave them bombshell must be the end of the episode no 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 (gasps) don't be silly no then we go to Avril's where Tom and Avril are kind of topless in bed yeah topless in bed sheets kind of up to just over nipple they're having this kind of fairly fairly convivial conversation and she says a lovely line to him she said her mother always said Never fall for a pertinacious man. Yeah. Pertinacious? I don't even know what that means. What a bloody word. I don't even know if it's a real word. I need to look it up. Because she said that her mum fell for a pertinutu man. (laughs) Pertinutu? Pertinui. You're so adorable. (laughs) One of those. Man. Yeah. But yeah, obviously her dad is absolutely that. He's the definition of pertinacious. Yes. When I find out what that means. Pert. Down at the docks, poor Dawn is done up like Lady Di. Oh. (laughs) Thinking that she's about to launch the Lynette. She's got like a little white pillar box hat on and she's probably gone out and specially bought a little white two-piece suit so she looks proper. Yeah. Not not slutty. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And then, then they kind of pull the tarpaulin off the lynette. It's unveiled. Um, it's there, ready to be rolled down the slipway. And then it turns out that Avril's asked Kate to launch the boat yeah. instead. You know, just as beautifully as you expect her Absolutely to do. Absolutely beautifully. Uh, Although she... Jack does call her a knob. <laughs> he does, he does. There were some other knobs doing it, apparently. I think yeah. he means well-bred person. Oh. And he's not wrong. She is very well-bred. She is very well-bred. She's gorgeous. And it's all lovely. And it's one of those lovely, happy moments. Like in the first series where the Howards in the first episode, they've just won a race, a yacht race. Mm. And they're all kind of singing, singing we, are, in the we car. are sailing. And everything's happy. It's yeah. like, oh, I like it when it's like this. Sometimes they can just be happy. It's oh, lovely. Lovely. that must be the end of the episode. Nearly. Oh. But not quite. Oh. And then... Bill leads the assembled company in three cheers for the Lynette and, it's, and he's, he presses a button and it slides down the slipway and there's uh, some people... Floats the... away because and they all think, oh no, exactly. we didn't tie oh, anything shit, to the it. Boat. The Quick, boat's gone. Swim, back, swim back and get the boat. Oh no, <laughs> we've lost our boat. And then just before the end of the scene, Leo asks Jack for a job. So he suddenly yes. showed an interest in working in the boatyard. Interesting. Which is new, but I guess he's just thinking, well, Abby's got her own life to lead and she's yeah. sort of dealing with babies and... Maybe I'm going to need to provide for a baby well maybe i mean who knows what he's thinking he definitely he's been out of work for a while now and he can't have any you know any pocket money left so he probably needs to get a bloody job then we cut to charles frere's office neutral space business zone i don't know something something decanters and bowls of nuts crystal bowls of nuts and he just a globe full of ruddles undoubtedly no he doesn't he's not a ruddles man no no he's orange juice after a workout and then Business whiskey the rest of the time. It'll be and it'll be good whiskey. It won't be the filing cabinet. Party. And then martinis in of an evening. I've never seen him drink a martini, but interesting. I imagine he would. He would. He'd though, look well he? with a martini. Yes. Oh. Pre dinner. Let's surely. just imagine that. Mm. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with an olive. He's basically James Bond. Um, <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah. He'd, he'd have been a good James oh, Bond, wouldn't he'd he? He'd amazing. Absolutely the lost James oh. Bond. Yeah, Tony Anholt would have been completely perfect. He'd have been a perfect. great James so Bond. So suave, just yeah. physically right. And, yeah. Oh, my God. Beautiful man. And, and high status and just, oh. Oh, yeah, effortlessly so. And he's been in space. I mean, oh, <laughs> brilliant. He has been in space. Oh, he looks very good in a silver suit. Holly arrives, but she's doled up. She's clearly, maybe she's on the way to the marina or she's been, but she's got a kind of a hat like she's going yeah. to a wedding. Or maybe she's got a plan. Maybe. She tries to persuade Charles to drop the marina scheme for the sake of Abby. And he's like, well, what's that got to do with me? Why yeah. should I? Well, because, you know, because Abby's stubborn like her father. Yes, yes. And she mentions that her father, Abby's father, is single-minded, stubborn and utterly selfish. And he says, that doesn't sound like Gerald at all. And she was saying, mm. I wasn't talking about Gerald. And he goes, oh, I see, like, some other poor guy you, uh, oh, you got knocked up by. I get the picture. You there. But he doesn't get the picture. He He's doesn't get the picture at all. And, actually, and we don't get the picture no. quite then. No. But he really ought to get the picture. I mean, he should start to see that the, the mist should be clearing by now. At least have picked up a couple of squares from the catchphrase I know, I know. Thing. And then he kind of puts up obstacles, says that he's not going to drop the scheme. And she says, just like I said, single-minded, stubborn and yes. utterly selfish. <gasps> and even then he's just like, you are? What do you <laughs> yeah. mean? Hang on. Hang on. No, you're going to have to spell it out, love. So she does spell it out. Abby, she's your daughter. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Where's <laughs> it's just such a brilliant way to end the episode. Yeah, it's, like, it's fantastic. How on earth did we get from the marina, the casino, and now we're here? It it's... Just, such a busy episode. It gets about New York. Oh. I mean, there's always a lot going on. and they, they never get that wrong, Howard's Way. In every episode, you are constantly trying to follow this kind of this gambling plot. It just kind of just rolls on and rolls on. It's incredible. Yeah. I couldn't quite do the maths, though. On the, on on the Abbey, Charles. So Charles, Charles Abbey, yeah. Charles, Polly and Gerald were at Cambridge together. Okay. They go back. Oh, which college? Don't know. <laughs> All different, yeah. all different ones. All different ones. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Not no, I, I hadn't. I had missed that. Knob House College. Knob House College. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so no, it, it's mentioned once and once only. Freer, clearly... Knob House. That's, <laughs> exactly. That was when he was on University Challenge. It's, oh, amazing. Now I just imagine there was like Emma Thompson as Polly and, uh, and Fry and Laurie. You know, when they did that oh, the young one. Oh, that was great. Um, yeah, so they were university friends. God, I've missed so much, yeah. haven't I? Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid you have. I'm um, so it's, sorry. It's all kind of sewn up in, in the first series, but Polly and Gerald have a marriage of convenience. Right. They have a flat in Chelsea. They take it in turns to do nobbin in the flat. <laughs> both of them with men, different men, but they both okay. they both like chaps. Well, I mean, if it works. I mean, it does work. I'd, forgot, I'd completely forgotten. It I, does I, work. Do you know, I bet that passed me by when I watched it first time around. Honestly, very probably, because the age we were when we first saw it, that probably just didn't Wouldn't mean have grasped anything. that at all. Like yeah. I, I was surprised when Freddie Mercury said he was gay and genuinely, so I wouldn't have spotted a man in a suit saying, I mean, well, suggesting I mean, he might be gay. No well, idea. You watch like Club Tropicana video now and <laughs> yeah. you think, we thought... Just some boys how, having some fun. How on earth did we ever believe... Okay. <laughs> Just everyone in tiny pants all the time. Men yeah. in tiny pants, everywhere you look. So that's it. The bombshell has been dropped. Abby is Charles Freya's daughter. Bloody hell, yeah. Flipping and it's a proper, blink. like, kaboom. It is, it is, it is. And after so many, after this run of bombshells and I big, know. big happenings, I know. we're proper mid-season yeah. bombshell-a-thon. It's great. It's huge. 
Um, they I mean, have what on to... earth is going to happen at the end of the series? Oh, God, don't even make me think about it. I can't bear it. I can't bear it. It's too much plot, Carrie. <laughs> oh, I love you. how much plot there is, though. It's great, isn't it? It's, it's magnificent. It's, it could have carried on, to be honest, but, you know. Yeah. It didn't. Spoilers, it did end. Howard's Way ended. Boom. Bring it back! We can bring it back. <laughs> we're, we're, we're already planning to bring it back. If, yeah. we, if we do the remake, um, I've asked quite a few of the people who've done the podcast mm. or actors and have nabbed like the parts they'd like to play. Oh, right. Who's been taken? So Tom Price is Tom because he's just like a, a nice tall man in a cardigan. Okay. That, that was like a no-brainer. Fair enough. Um, everything else is up for grabs, I think. Frogstone couldn't decide who she wanted to be. At one point, she was going to be Ken, um, oh, which I think would be brilliant. That would be great. But I don't know. So who would you play if you could play anyone? It's it's actually really hard, isn't mm. it? I I'd like to be Jack. Would you? Yeah, just like gruff and whiskey drinking. Gruff and whiskey drinking, mm. and uh, odds with Tom Price. Mm. But you have a grudging respect for him. But a grudging respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll 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 take a look at these and plastic a, li- books. a little bit creepy around, around younger women. <laughs> I can't see that in no, you. No, that just doesn't can't. work. No, but no, 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 I think I think it's acting. You're rough managing. and old fashioned, and wanting all my boats to be wooden. Nice. I think that's that. I could do that. Very nice. I'd be like um, the director or the stage manager or something because I'm not really a performer. I think you no, you could, <laughs> you could be the mermaid. <gasps> Yay! I'm on the, on the over the office. Yeah, the yard. I would happily take that role. There you go. Like, can I have body paint though? Yes. I'd be a bit self-conscious being totally, you know. No, fair enough. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> she's you, quite, you she's quite out there. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. freezing. I think I'd want to be Jack. Yeah, no, I think you could you could pull it off. We'd have to draw some wrinkles on your head and stuff. Yeah, although you know, there's the whole <laughs> environmental thing. Yeah, but I don't think I, I think I'd smile too much to be Abby. <laughs> I could I could see you as Abby. Yeah, yeah, but, but I would be quite a, it'd be quite a feat of performance. I'd be I'd be a, a bit too cheerful. Stop smiling. Yeah, it's no. like when, it's like when a really smiley celebrity tries to do the tango on Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> yes. and they can't get the corners of their mouth down. It's like yeah. come on, you're supposed to be an angry bull or something. <laughs> do it properly. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode of both Howard's Way and Always There. And I can't thank you enough for coming back. It's always a joy. Well, it's it's been a pleasure thank you for having me i can't have favorite shipmates but if i did have a favorite then you would be that favorite that's not true though is it yes it is i don't think it, yes, is. it is you're making that i say that shopping. to everyone you do don't you I, do. I know you do yeah, yeah i do i do but for now um are you going to sing us out by the way do you fancy doing a song again? yeah i haven't thought of any um lyrics so you can just hum if you like do you want to well, do you want to pick a subject and i'll make it up well really yeah. oh okay um could you sing about let me think let me think i did i did write one for jan Oh, can we have a Jan one? Have you we got... could do a Jan one. Yes, I did, I, I did. Anything about Cause, Jan. Because I'm, I'm slightly over. obsessed with the fact that they're in love in real life. I know, it's lovely. Okay, look, we'll have a song about Jan to finish then. Okay. Fantastic. But for now, thank you for listening. Um, come and find us on Twitter. If you enjoyed the podcast, we're at Always There Pod on Twitter. And for the final, I hope, no, hopefully not for the final time, oh. I'd like to say, Carrie Quinlan, thank you for being Always There. Yeah. Always Jan, on screen and in real life. I think Ken Masters is hot. I'm always Jan. That is all the lyrics I've written about Jan and Stephen. But they make my heart go pop, cause they're buried and in love in real life. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 